Hi, everyone, and welcome to Weather or Not, sponsored by TD Bank. I'm WABC Chief Meteorologist Lee Goldberg, and in this episode, the big question, will winter make a comeback? This season, the resumes, it's not all that impressive. I mean, we're five and a half degrees above average in December, over three degrees above average in January. We did squeak in that one week of winter. It was the 15th to the 21st, and we had some pretty harsh chill, and we managed to break our snow drought, and believe it or not, we have little over two inches of snow for the entire season in New York City. It's actually 2.3 inches, which matches the seasonal snowfall from last year, so I'm hoping we can top that a little bit. So far, February, off to a mild start, nearly five degrees above average, and climbing as we go through uh, a sudden sunny stretch and mild stretch, but are we about to flip the pattern? There are signals that winter wants to make a comeback. Let's find out by talking to the lead long-range forecaster at AccuWeather, friend of the show, meteorologist Paul Pastelock. Hey, Paul. Hey, Lee. How you doing there? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll see after we're done with this discussion. Let's start out with a yes or no question. Do you think we're done with winter weather? No. Okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. I, I, think we have a, I think we have a chance here. We still have a chance for more snow. I would agree with you. Uh, I, I think we're going to uh, go against the Groundhogs uh, who, who went for the early spring and the unanimous decision. So it's time for us to stand tall and, uh, and to, to beat that forecast. Although we'll see. So looking at the major drivers, um, what are you seeing in terms of disrupting the polar vortex, getting back to some access to Arctic air? How's that all going to evolve? There's actually a lot of things that are going to be involved uh, with this change in the pattern, which is coming up very soon, starting up next week. Uh, what we're seeing is some changes, first of all, going on in the northern Pacific, uh, where we're starting to see uh, the upper level patterns changing that'll affect the northern uh, North America and also in the Atlantic. And so what we need is we need both the northern jet stream and the southern jet stream to start getting together. Uh, you know, at one point we had too much cold in the pattern and most of the winter we've had more moisture but no cold in the pattern. And when we start seeing those two coming back together, getting together here, maybe they do it just in time for Valentine's Day, mm. get together here for the second half of February, maybe early March, <laughs> then we start seeing those changes. Matchmaking in the meteorological world. I, I love it. Um, so, for instance, if, if I'm a viewer and I'm looking at the weather map, you're talking about the, the jet stream we were talking about recently, some record snows in Alaska. What would we want to see? Like, if, for, for instance, if we looked at an Anchorage temperature weather pattern, what would we want to see that would be a signal for us getting colder and potentially more wintry? Well, Lee, the reason why we haven't had any cold is because the source region of air that we usually get the cold from, central, northern Canada, hasn't been that cold. Mm -hmm. And the Great Lakes, only like 6% ice covered, uh, they've been modifying the air masses as they come down. But if you look to Alaska, like you said, they've had a lot of snow, they built up the cold, and on the other side of the globe, it's been pretty cold, especially in the northern tier of the uh, country. So we need to tap into that. And how do we do that? What well, we start to see now on the model, we've actually been seeing this for the last couple of weeks, an upper level high pressure area starting to kind of get its act together in Western Canada mm -hmm. and off the Northeast Pacific. And so the one part of the jet stream that comes in the Pacific during El Nino is splitting off, going up and over through Alaska, and is trying to tap into some of that cold air. That's the one ingredient we need to change this pattern. And that is looking more and more successful here as we go over the next couple of weeks. And then we need 
the El Nino to continue to go on, which we've seen already examples of what's happened in California over the last couple of days. And so we got both branches. It's just a matter now of everything coming back together and phasing in the east. Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts. Uh, some evidence of potential stratospheric warming, maybe some blocking. Do you feel confident that the polar vortex will weaken a little bit and pieces of that could get down into North America, specifically the Northeast? Yeah, and you know, something I'm glad you brought that up there. We, we do see the weakening of the polar vortex coming up here. Uh, it's probably starting around the 13th or 14th of the month. Now, what I've been seeing the trend over the last couple of days is that you need the winds in the upper stratosphere to turn around to easterly. Mm -hmm. The trend has been not for that to happen, which means that the stratospheric polar vortex will not probably split. It may just get stretched, and we've seen that mm. happen several times uh, so far this winter season. What that means is, and where it stretches, is that some cold may be dislodged for Europe, Eastern Europe, and also here in Eastern North America. Mm. Now, Lee, also everything else underneath that, under the stratosphere, in the troposphere, needs to come together as well for us to get that uh, timed out. That didn't time out very well in early January. We just had that brief cold snap, but not a prolonged cold snap. Now the pattern's getting more wavy looking. And so now we may see this go on for not just one week, but maybe two, three, or even four weeks, this kind of pattern setting up here for the end of February and early March. And also it helps increase the intensity of what we call a negative NEO locking pattern mm -hmm. over Greenland, which is starting to shape up. It may not be around strongly for this next system next week, but it may be around for the following weeks coming up. So you, you almost answer my question there. Are we talking about, you know, kind of a, a one hit wonder or do we maybe have multiple shots over the next month and a half? We may have multiple shots. In fact, again, it's no guarantee that this system next week is going to produce snow in New York City, Philadelphia and, and the big cities on the East Coast. Uh, they're still up in the air. There's still a lot of things that we're looking to have to come together. But the pattern looks better and better after this system. More uh, positioning of uh, systems that we need to get a snow event. And that's looking, again, better for the latter part of February into the start of March. Yeah, you feel like this next system next week is kind of the mechanism to help this pattern mm -hmm. switch. I, I know a, a lot of people are already getting so excited about you know, early snow maps that are coming up for the Northeast. And, and the thing that, and, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree, the thing that I would caution people with is that we are coming off a very mild stretch and everything would have to go absolutely perfect for a storm to, number one, have to bomb out offshore, be close enough to hit us, and we'd have to have a lot of dynamic cooling uh, to create a, a big back-end thump of snow once we go into Monday night and Tuesday. I'm not saying that it's off the table. I just think that, it, especially given the struggles that we've had all winter long, last two seasons, it's hard to see that evolving. Would you agree with that? I do, and my team would agree with you as well. There's a lot of things against what we're seeing for this system next week as far as snow producing. But again, there's still some opportunities and it's still a long way off as mm -hmm. well. The thing is, is, we don't have a strong high out in front of this and the cold air is a little more resistance coming down on the latest model runs uh, too far south, enough, uh, actually enough southward uh, to get the cold air in place as the system comes east. So, in fact, even if we do have a pretty good system, the front end could start as rain right. and have change over the snow. Now, just to put in perspective here, as of Wednesday, these systems, okay, one is still in the Gulf right. Coast, and the other one's in the Bering Sea, and we need this to get a little bit closer to North America, the West Coast, 
so we can get more data and get more things uh, uh, put in. But if it does come together, like you said, the dynamics, if it comes together in the right spot, we can manufacture the cold air and we could have a pretty good thumping in parts of the area if this thing can all come together. Yeah, Paul makes a great point, uh, and that's something you always have to consider when looking. Uh, a lot of times, we can make a nice long-range outlook for a storm potential next week, and then we're kind of in no man's land for a while until this storm can get on the grid, that we can get some good data and sampling for it, so our computer guidance can look at it and give us a, a feel for whether, you know, it's it, because earlier this looked like it could potentially be a cutter into the Great Lakes, and we'd be on, you know, it'd be snow for Chicago, and, and then it was a near miss and now it, it's a potential so yeah certainly things are still on the table but that's a great point you made i wanted to get back to something you alluded to before and that's the idea of of this phasing the polar jet working together with the subtropical jet and one thing i'm seeing is is that you know, okay we may get that cold air and maybe even some arctic origins to drive in place uh in a week's time or a week and a half but is the subtropical jet in play then? You know, I noticed some long-range forecasts for precipitation being below normal, and I was wondering if you agreed with that. Yeah, that's been the scary thing. Some of the uh, updated long-range models that have come out have switched over to a below-normal area across most of the northern mid-Atlantic and the northeast as well. Uh, keep in mind, I, I, I look at what's happening on the west coast. When I go back to October and November, the upper-level uh, charts did not show a very strong response in Southern California for the entire month of February. Mm. And here we are, we had two big systems hit that area. My feeling is, is that that's what the entire, it's a, it's a monthly average when you see these month, uh, right. okay, keep that in mind. A lot of that pattern is recognized in the beginning and it may not be catching to what can happen in the middle and latter part of February. So I think it was so strong that that's the average that's being shown mm. in some of these models and is missing some of the in-betweens. That's what you lose in some of these monthly models. And that's what I'm concerned about mm. is that we still have window for some of these uh, storms to cut up, up from underneath and greet up with some of this cold air. You don't need a lot of cold in February, but I think it may just get one or two to shift around. We can get these snow total predictions back into the rain. Okay, so Coastal's not off the table. Maybe that was an early signal and part of the month for Clippers. But by the way, I mean, listen, we can still have a, a nice Clipper that, that gets enhanced as it goes offshore and we can get some snow from it. So it's not out of the question. I wanted you uh, to speak to this El Nino year, which it's kind of been unique. I mean, there's definitely been some uh, El Nino characteristics, but also some surprises as well. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that it took a little time uh, for this to really come together. Uh, we were seeing in the West for a large portion of the period of the winter where they weren't getting a lot of moisture in Southern California. And if they were, the systems weren't that strong. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it had to do with a lot of the, wa the water temperature anomalies. Uh, southeast of Hawaii, it was running way cooler than it should be for a typical strong El Nino. And it was messing around, I think, with the storm track. The subtropical jet was so buried far to the south that it wasn't reaching Southern Cal and everything was coming in from the north and west. Now that's changed. It's warmed a little bit in those waters. And so I think we're seeing those changes now in California. And I think you're seeing a different storm track than what we had in the beginning of the month. And playing off those warm temperatures, let's go to the Atlantic Ocean temperatures. Uh, buoy off Atlantic City, not far from about 40 degrees. You know, one thing I was amazed about, and, and maybe it was because of a daytime snow situation back in January, we couldn't accumulate. We had a tough time. We had a little bit of a fetch off the Atlantic. Uh, are you concerned now that here we are deeper into the season, our temperatures are still on the marginal side, 
and our ocean temperatures aren't cooperating. So, you know, does that in your mind argue against continued below normal snow to wrap up the winter? It does. It does. Um, they can change, uh, you know, but we have a short window now right. uh, looking at. And they're not as warm compared to the anomaly uh, that we saw, I think, in mid-January. I mean, we had uh, also our flow pattern was different. We were seeing a lot more milder air coming up the East Coast, which I think is going to be cut off a little bit here going further further into the forecast. So I do see that a concern, especially coastal 95 corridor. It may be really tough to get to the predicted snow amounts that we had for the season. Um, it, again, we go back to the, some of the El Nino 72, 1972-73. Uh, I guess that El Nino only produced like three inches of snow in New York City. And, and another one had less than six inches. So there have been some strong El Ninos of the past that have really been underdone on the snowfall. And so we have that risk as well. Water temperatures, uh, climatology, uh, and also back in past uh, uh, years. But again, the pattern that we see, it doesn't look good on paper right now. Mm-hmm. I do think things can change here as we go later on based on all the teleconnections that are setting up right now. It just looks like a good setup here to get a last surge of winter in the last three to four weeks. Okay. Uh, following that, because uh, I think what happens with a stretch like this that we're going through, we're going to go into it 50s, even challenge a record high this upcoming weekend. People start getting into a spring mentality. Uh, let's say we have this last opportunity, last gasp of winter that may last another month or so. Do you see it extending and kind of dragging out into March and early April? I know you're always looking ahead and your spring and even your early summer thoughts. How do you see that playing out? Is it going to take a, a while uh, to, to get to the finish line, even though we've un- been underwhelming so far? I don't. I don't see it happening for the entire spring. Let me remember last year, January and February was so mild, and then all of a sudden we kind of had a, a ugly, chilly yes. spring that set up, and it lasted forever. And we've seen several of those in the past decade here. So I think it's different this year. Our okay. team has been looking at the spring very carefully. We think that things turn around at the very end of March and into April. April could be still wet, but I think it's milder, and uh, and May at this point looking pretty pretty mild mm-hmm. for the. So I do think the trend is is quicker and uh, and, and actually quite pleasant. Yeah, oh, that, that's nice to hear as well. All right, before I let you go, Paul, any other nugget that maybe I didn't ask you the right question the right way that you've been looking at and you just see, you know, you've highlighted this date this week. You're like, if this is going to happen, we could get, you know, an East Coast storm this particular week or day. I, I think what, Lee, you hit on was the water temperatures on the Atlantic. Uh, can we get these systems to avoid pulling in milder air mm-hmm. from the ocean? Because the setup is right, and we will get, I think, some really good what we call blocking to f- slow these systems down to allow them to intensify. And I, I think everything is there, but again, it, it all depends on the where it phases these storms and the water temperatures and how they interact. Uh, forecasting snow snowfall is very hard. It's very difficult. Uh, and it could be off by maybe just 100 miles mm-hmm. determining a whole season. And I think that the, the the things that are painted, the high pressure in the West, the blocking, the cold air that's coming in, the polar vortex weakening at the end here, I think we have a lot of things on the table that look favorable this last three, four weeks of winter um, to, to be successful here for us for snow and cold. All right. I'm definitely taking the over on the 2.3 inches and 
I think we could still get double digits. Uh, I think we still get 10 or above in New York City. I, I, I like the idea of having multiple opportunities. All right, that's great. Paul, uh, it's always great to talk to you. Great information. We look forward to your uh, later spring and summer thoughts when you visit again and whether or not I think you're actually uh, our most frequent guest on, on whether or not now it's become a podcast. It's, it's great to have you here. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Lee. All right. Again, lead, uh, lead long-range forecaster at AccuWeather, Paul Pastelock. And uh, as you heard, winter is not done yet. It is likely to make a comeback, um, at least a, a couple of last gasps here, and we'll be right on top of it. Of course, in the short term, we have our challenges with early next week. Don't write that off for potential for snow, but that is more likely just a gateway to the chill that's coming back for more winter weather over the next few weeks. Thanks once again for joining us on Weather or Not. We'll see you next time. Rain or shine.